You are listening to the Techie Leadership Show with Bogdan and Andrei. Well, hello and welcome to a new episode of Techie Leadership. Today, I have on the line with me Amar B. Singh. He is a corporate development professional with over 18 years of work experience across operations, marketing, investment banking, strategy, and planning. He is also an engineer, has an MBA, and has a law degree. So be careful what you say. (laughs) Uh, He is also the author of three books on the subject of awareness, human identity, and the grief and sorrow of humanity. Hi there, Amar. How are you? Hi, Andre. Thanks for having me on this show. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited, and I think we're going to be like an amazing show. is there anything else you would like to add to let people know about you? Uh, <laughs> so this uh, possibly is the most difficult question as to, you know, uh, we use it so often. Uh, Try you know, to be as modest someone, as possible. Yeah, asking someone <laughs> to introduce himself and who are you? The question basically uh, is, is a very difficult question because I can only uh, tell you about my job, about the degrees that I had, you know, the ones that you mentioned. Uh, the things that I do, uh, but yes. who am I is a very difficult question to answer. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, yeah. uh, I like to see myself as um, an explorer of life. So I don't really, uh, you know, want to brand myself as a professional or as an author, as a father, as a son, you know, as a friend. I'm, I'm so many things to so many people. So most of all, I'm a human being, an explorer of life. Yeah. That's awesome. Like Explorer of Life, that's, that's a new concept, at least for me. Because if I'm thinking about it, when you explore life, you're, you're actually part of all those things. Being a father, being um, a worker, everything, it's encompassed, but it's, it's working together. It's not like dominating you. It's just being. It's hard to explain, but it's <laughs> yeah. like... Uh, yeah. So, but today we're going to focus on one part of uh, your exploration of life, which is uh, leadership and how we can become better leaders and some stories about leadership. Uh, And with that in mind, what would be like um, the biggest leadership success story that you've witnessed, that you know about? Yeah. Um, So... See, um, as you would totally understand, you know, after, uh, uh, you know, 18 years of work experience, like you mentioned, I've seen several leaders, I've had the opportunity to lead teams myself. And leadership is a subject uh, on which, uh, uh, like, you know, uh, we were discussing there are very many dry papers on theory, you know, theoretical leadership and so on. And we have servant leadership and charismatic leadership and all sorts of names. However, what really works uh, to my mind is uh, is best captured in that uh, quotation uh, from someone, I forget the name, which is, uh, if you want uh, someone to go out and fish or something, go out to the sea, uh, don't tell him how to build a ship. Tell him, teach him the desire for the sea, right? So okay. if you teach the person a desire for the sea, he figures out how to build a ship or a boat or a whatever 
and he does everything so this kind of encapsulates and you know captures the whole concept of leadership for me uh, because we see very many leaders trying their best with good intent to teach people help people mentor people however what really works you know in the longer run is yes. if you teach the desire for the ocean not how to build a boat so so that is my that is my summary about leadership the leaders whom i appreciate uh, have been like that uh, they have uh, sh- you know shown a dimension where you would like to go you would want to do that you want to you would want to explore that and that has been enough for uh, you know any person of a reasonable iq like we all are to figure out the rest for ourselves so that is uh, what captures uh, the concept of leadership for me so desire for the ocean yeah have you ever like have a leader did you experience like leadership that made you have the desire for the ocean for the for the business goal so uh, so so in that in that i would i would um, want to give an example in my very first um, you know uh, organization where okay. i worked for uh, i was uh, with tata steel at that time and okay. uh, we used to kind of work with nippon steel company from japan and uh, they had some models that they used to uh, kind of uh, uh, use uh, in their company what we did not use in tata steel and uh, so my manager at that time uh, he was a great leader again going by my definition of leadership okay uh, he he didn't ask me to learn those models he didn't ask me to collaborate with them he didn't ask me to do any you know the nuts and bolts of what should have been done he just okay. said that hey you look nippon steel company can monitor this particular parameter right but we can't oh. and okay. that was the desire for the sea you know at that time so that was a model called solution loss carbon model and all that that's technicality i won't get yes. into that but uh, i found myself figuring out the rest of it as an i'm an engineer i'm a metallurgical engineer it uh, did not take a lot uh, to kind of figure out the rest with with of course you know doing several things talking to those people finding out how they do it and so on and what are the uh, you know uh, parameters available to us as in control map and monitoring but i figured out the rest and we started monitoring that so so that was a wonderful experience uh, on that part the second time i had that was when i joined investment banking and you know fresh from b school and you thought that you knew everything and there was a business valuation assignment <laughs> and it was for a life insurance company right okay and, uh, insurance company wanted to do an ipo a public offering and of course there was to be a valuation now you know all we studied in the b school was the discounted cash flow method and so on so which is like uh, traditional and um, you i i ended up doing that and uh, my leader at that time again a great leader uh, so he just told me that uh, have you have you wondered that in india the life insurance sector is not very old and therefore you can't do a discounted cash flow valuation uh, would it be fair value so he did not again tell me the deficiencies he did not tell me i was wrong uh, maybe he was being kind to me yeah. but okay. what he essentially again did ended up doing was teaching me the desire for the sea so 
So initially, so immediately I had to shift to you know how evaluation for a new insurance company is done and so on. Um, so so all the times I have felt very motivated and I have uh, gone on and explored something for my, myself and um, have made a difference. It has always been because there was a leader teaching me directly or indirectly the desire for the seat. That's great. Well, for for one thing, I know that more leaders like this concept, it's, it offers me like a different perspective on something that I've been thinking like, don't give like people exactly the steps you want them to do. Give them like the overarching goal you would like to achieve. Yeah. But from, from what I'm getting like from Desire for the Sea, it's in the Western part, it's mostly like, this is what we're going for. Um, let's get there. Uh, like the, from from what I'm getting when you're talking about the desire for the for the sea, it's more about uh, it would be nice if you could do this or and how uh, how do you think we can get there and then getting the the people involved in doing the work to get excited about it and and figure it out with, with even less constraints than <laughs> than traditionally you would have on it. Yeah. So. Um, and now we talk like like I, I really like like this concept about the desire for for the sea, and I, I'm really curious if you have like um, I know if you have some uh, leadership failures that are do like not because you didn't follow it or some other leadership failures that you witnessed that you would like to share and what lessons can we draw from them. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, possibly a less talked about dimension about uh, leadership, right? People talk about successes a lot, no, not yes. so much about failures. Um, so I, I would say, and it would be very difficult to articulate this possibly. I would say okay. every time I've seen a leadership failure is because the leader has not known himself and at that same time, he or she was trying to lead a set of men or a set of uh, human resources, if you will. Okay. Uh, so what happens is, now I will give you a simple example. Uh, let's say I'm a I'm a father to you know, a daughter and a son, and you know uh, all of us yes. are parents and so on. Uh, we see this so many times, right? As in, we are disturbed, you know, we are stressed, or we are you know not doing something really well at office. <clears throat> something is stressing us and we yes. come and see 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 our children doing something you know naughty or silly or whatever and we tend to tell them that come on this is not the way to do it totally forgetting at that time that they are children and that is possibly what you would call age appropriate behavior at that time so what yes. i'm trying to bring out here is that is not a sign of a good leader if i'm messed up in on, in my own mind if i if i have no control right how am i supposed to lead a set of human resources i, I can't do that and e even if i try with my best intent what really ends up happening is those guys are dissatisfied they're far from motivated and this this causes a shift of decision making all the time this causes fidgety decision making this causes whims and fancies Yes. Uh, this causes what uh, in investment banking we used to call hubris, right? Because yes. I get too strong-willed 
Now, will is a thing that society tells us is a very good thing, right? The power of will, the willpower that we so so much talk about, and uh, strong leaders are supposed to have strong willpower and so on. However, uh, will also the negative interpretation of that is hubris because I'm so used to success. What happens is I don't accept failure, and I put uh, again to use that corporate phrase. More good money after bad money. <laughs> I made a decision. <laughs> it's not working, but I will find every person in the world to put that blame on. I will not accept I am wrong. And so many great leaders, meaning let's not name people, but so many people known well well known leaders have been guilty of this. They made a very good career, but one wrong decision. But but because they were so used to successes. they never went back and reconsidered and therefore uh, they put more uh, good money after bad money possibly <clears throat> in this whole episode whatever they end up doing with the company or their business unit that they're leading yes. is another story but as far as leadership of human beings is concerned because they did not um, have let's say a calm mind at that time they could not uh, result uh in calm minds of their teams or their people and it's it's like it's that viral thing it's the pandemic right uh, yes. that's the best occasion to understand that if if uh, this this spreads like fire if uh, if i don't have a calm mind if i'm stressed and i'm a leader i will pass it on to the whole team to my whole team and they will all feel stressed and uh, then the second point that i said if i have hubris if if i am too convinced that i am always right i can't be wrong again that uh, you know results in uh, very bad things for the whole team so these are to my mind leadership failures which uh, which which are the largest these are the largest reasons for leadership failures well that hits like really close to home for me amar because i have a soon to be 6 year 6 year old daughter and sometimes i let like the the stress of work get to me uh, and i see her doing something and i'm more abrupt than i would like to be and then she feels bad but i feel even worse for for, for wow. it so i think like it also translates even like in the work environment if you're a human being you want your team to succeed and if if you go there and you're strong willed with an iron hand uh they're not going to feel good about it but then you also don't feel good but you cannot show it yeah, yeah. Um, so it's yeah. not good for for anybody involved in that situation uh and as you said like letting your own uh if you don't have self control on yourself and you let your negative emotions impact and take like rash decisions without thinking them through or letting like excitement take over without saying let's let's think about it a little bit <laughs> maybe uh i know we've been winning like for a long time but for each situations we should take it like with a grain of salt and yeah. see exactly does it make sense or not yeah yeah most so, of all we should uh, uh we should we should see that uh, if we can't you know make peace with ourselves uh and we expect peace all around this is again this is going beyond corporate and and goes to the larger world if you see yes everyone everyone i love it if you ask if you do a survey of all human beings on the planet 
uh, as to w- what is the reason for the mess in the on the planet, right? Why are human beings in a mess? People will always tell you a name that won't be their own, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, but but the thing is, we are not at peace with ourselves, and we expect others to kind of provide that peace for us. That is an impossible thing. It's like uh, asking for the mirror to reflect a better image of yours, right? That is not possible. <laughs> the mirror yes. only shows itself. Yeah. Yeah, and then blaming the mirror maker for making you a bad <laughs> mirror. <laughs> but so many mirrors are flawed, you see. <laughs> yes, um, you talked about a little uh, you know, about your leadership philosophy about the build a desire for the ocean. Um, can you add some more details around it or flesh it out a little more? How would you go, like personally, to um, to to create the desire for the for the sea in your uh, in your team? Yeah. So, yeah. This. Uh, yeah. Let me take my example of my team, right? So, so I have um, I have so many people in my team. Uh, the point that I would want to bring out here is no two people are the same. It's okay. it's again it's again a human thing. Just like no two fingerprints are the same. No two human beings are the same. Now, what we see in corporations is that HR teams, the human resources teams, would find out some some ways and modes of motivation, right? And uh, for for some, it would be money. For some, it would be recognition. For some, it would be quality of work. For some, it would be the, the general ambience of work, right? The kind of company that we have. Uh, for some, it would be, does the company have a good culture and, um, you know, does it encourage extracurricular yes. activities? Uh, for some, it would be, does it have flexibility of working hours and so on? These are things that we come across every day. Now, what, what I'm trying to say is how many ever uh, HR policies you make, you will never cover the kind of diversity that you have in human beings, right? HR yes. can have 10, 20, 30 policies. But you have billions of people on the planet, right? And yes. each guy is different. So, so what I start out with is, and it's it's a it's a time well spent. Is I spend a lot of time with my new team members trying to understand their motivation, right? What is it that they want to do? It's mm. not like it's not like you know a new guy joins you and you can go tell him that hey. You want to be the CEO? I'm assuming you want to be the CEO. You've joined a company. Of course, <laughs> the biggest aspiration is you want to be the CEO because so many people don't want to be the CEO. And this may sound surprising, but this is, I would say, 90% of the people in any given company, let's say large companies, because the smaller yes. consulting companies, I wouldn't name them, where everyone possibly wants to be a partner and so on. But yes. uh, large companies, uh, 90% of the people have a different goal. They are not looking to be the CEO. They are looking at balance of life. They are looking at, um, you know, doing the best job that they want to do. They are, they are looking at different things. So it's a time well spent understanding what does a guy want, and yes. then, then you try and teach him that desire for the sea, which is you want that, and you can get there if you know you can do this and this and this. And so, you know, the rest, he automatically figures out. So, 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 you know, this, this always works. This, this works very well. 
and you can take any number of examples for this but uh, for example some some guy joined my team and he wanted to go to sales now i work with a strategy team right now okay so obviously we don't do sales we do strategy and planning and so on so uh, thing was he he had a desire to meet people and be visible be recognized his motivation was recognition right and so yes. what you need to do that is you need to project a role in your team which gives him more visibility to people to the customer to the sales yes. guys and he won't know it but he'll become very happy doing his job that will motivate him and that will end of the day take him to take him more towards his goal so that is what i call desire for the c right and the way to execute that is a complete understanding of the other individual so leaders need to spend real good time understanding it may sound like a waste of time when a team goes for a party but to my mind yes. that that's a very important time that's that's a time well spent in fact organizations do pay for that and should pay for that so should pay for such outings because unless you don't unless you know your team member really well right and that happens in parties right where you are free yes. to speak free to kind of you know behave the way you want to and so on it's it's a very important yeah. thing in in team work and leadership yeah you're you're more free to express yourself when in the party and it's not a formal setting uh, maybe yeah. have a, a beer or two so it's you're more loose to to tell exactly what <laughs> what's on your mind but i like like your idea of uh, it's something that i also thought about that it would be good and it's good to have it like validated this aligning individual team members uh, motivation and desires for doing the work with yeah. the goals of the company so trying to to show them how what they want to achieve in their life can be done through what you're trying to achieve as a team so i, I think that's that's a way any any right you're absolutely right it takes a lot of time personal time you have to spend as a leader with each individual uh, member of your team get to know them uh, but that that's that's how you ensure that they're going to have a fabulous time working with you they're going to remember you later on uh, and you cut down on churn and uh, burnout and all, all the awful things because you always are in close contact with your team members and know exactly what's going on yeah oh. so my my analogy my analogy a simple analogy for this would be let's say your car in a mechanic shop right in a garage what happens is <clears throat> let's say i am a corporation i want to monitor the the time spent on work for each of my employees and resources right what happens yeah. there is uh, uh is that i i would the analogy is i would want my car running all 12 months right day yes. in and day out but then that would make the car very poor and the car would be at 50% productivity if at all otherwise it would break down but if you do a regular maintenance of the car right which is spending some time yes. off work so to say the car operates well and it gives you double the productivity so so it makes economic sense it makes leadership sense it makes motivation and teamwork sense to kind of work in that fashion yeah love it love it um and now let's shift a little gears and go like from for some more rapid fire uh, <laughs> sure <laughs> answers what would be like your top three leadership tips you have for aspiring leaders 
first is know yourself second is know the guy you are going to lead and third is teach him the desire for the sea okay awesome i like how you're tying everything together know the sense <laughs> here um and what would be the book that had the most profound impact on you the book the book that had the most profound impact on me was um, uh ashtavakra gita that's a book uh, i don't know if you are aware of that was uh, that is all about awareness and um, the concept of ego and the question that you asked me first which is who are you <laughs> so that okay. that answers uh, that is that is um, uh, a book on uh, advait vedanta uh, philosophy in uh, hinduism uh, which says that you are not your body you are not your mind right okay uh, and therefore the moment you realize that you are free of all pain right because the mind keeps changing morning evening afternoon right we think yes. a person is good in the morning in the afternoon we have second thoughts by evening again we are sure that guy is good right how <laughs> yes. can you trust that mind so so you know the mind gives you the impression it's very logical many times it is not similarly the body keeps changing right we were kids at some time we will grow very old and fragile sometime uh, so we are not the body so you know so th- that thing so that book had a very uh, you know uh, it had an influence on me it impacted me and uh, that was the book i liked yeah yeah that's great um and amar where can people go to find out more about you uh so i am on all uh, social media again like i said to the first answer uh you know uh, on linkedin if you find me you will see the degrees that i have and the qualifications and the job that i do and i have done in the past on facebook i am a more uh, social self i write my views <laughs> on what is happening you know now during the lap lockdown and what is the prime minister's move do i agree with him or not and so on uh on instagram or something i post the pictures of my book and the quotes from my books and so on uh so on different and platforms to suit the particular platform i go and uh, reflect that aspect of my personality <laughs> and what are your books amar okay so Because my you've been teasing book... us about you've been teasing us about your books but you have to name them <laughs> no so so that was again so it is uh, my my day job is my day job and um, uh, you know my degrees and qualifications make me engineer mba and what not and that is what i do for a living uh, but then you know that that eternal question of uh, mind and heart uh, the heart says something you need to put it down right some people express it by singing some people express it by dancing i express it by writing yeah, and therefore great. my first book was uh, called a week with enya uh, so enya is my daughter and uh, she is autistic and so okay you know, i found that uh, you know i uh, had not really paid attention to the word autism and these are these are core learnings of my life that you know we have too many words we don't understand right uh, yes. we don't understand a thing we That's give it true. a name and we stick with the name for example autism is no two autistic guys are the same if you know autism uh and still we have a word for that so what does the word ever mean <laughs> the word means nothing yeah and uh, and so i uh, you know that that inspired the book uh, that you know okay uh, we just give names and we don't understand the second thing is whatever we seek to change you know ends up changing us so these were yeah. the insights that uh, that 
brought in uh, the book A Week with Enya. The second book was called The Third, which was the concept of the first being the body, the second being the mind. The third was the third is OVR. And uh, very recently, I published a book called Maya, which is um, about the the recent pandemic and uh, how a poor man is walking hundreds of miles uh, to his uh, hometown. If you follow news in India, you will see that many poor laborers are trying to return back home during this pandemic. Yeah. And it's it's hard, especially with the restrictions. I bet it's not easy. Sorry, my son. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so with all the decision, I'm sure it's hard. But we're going to have like links for for the books inside the show notes, and people if they're interested, I I highly recommend. I bet they're, they're really really interesting reads, especially after sure. having this conversation with you. You're a really interesting guy, and uh, <laughs> I found out like a new point of view, a more Eastern, let's say, point of view. Uh, and it's really, really interesting about how uh, how leadership is perceived differently from different viewpoints around the world. And um, I hope to show as much as many of them as possible. Uh, well, Amar, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you very much for accepting my invitation. And uh, Thank you so much, Andre. It was equally interesting talking to you. And we had a very good, great conversation. Thank you so much for that. Okay. Have a great day. That was today's episode. Tune in daily. Rate, like, subscribe and share please. Oh, you can find further info and materials in the show notes on techyleadership.com, including links to the guest book recommendations.